You know that I'm famous for saying uh, that you should skate to where the puck is going, not where it's been, right? You're famous for saying lots of different things, but, but yes, I think, I think I've heard you say that before. Okay. Uh, I've, been, I've been wondering about this, and this has been in my notes for a bit. Uh, who, wh- what kind of companies or who do you admire for anticipating what you wanted before you wanted it? And I don't mean like Apple, iPhone, blah, blah, blah. Uh, because I'll do, I'm going to start out with my example to please. give you guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, Starbucks with, uh, did, didn't like kind of the, the mobile app and the mobile ordering just kind of sneak up on everybody or did I miss something? There was a transition point to the, like they got everybody used to kind of like a, a small percentage of their customers would pay using the little barcode thing. And then just one day it seems like just it, it in a matter of a couple of weeks, everybody just flipped on to, oh, I'm just going to order from my phone and skip the line. Hmm. So do you mean snuck up on you in the sense that they were ahead of other companies? Or I guess, what, do you, what exactly do you mean? I think I'm saying they primed, like before everybody thought everything was going to be on phones and it was mobile commerce and everything, they were on kind of the, the leading edge of experimental, like pay with your phone and that kind of stuff and getting people like used to it. And then it seems like almost overnight, the whole mobile ordering thing went live and at least in like the circles I frequent, like super mainstream. I think I see what you're saying. But then on the other hand, overnight, they've now become the dinosaur of mobile payments with the, uh, the, the fact that you have to still scan but no, you a don't. barcode. No, because what I'm saying is they, they, ha- they got everybody used to the mobile app and converting actual useful currency and like credit cards and stuff into like Starbucks funny money. And like they had that whole, like the whole um, nonsense, like uh, you get this many stars until your next reward or whatever. And they got everybody used to using the app over the past couple of years when like the iPhone and smartphones were taking hold. And then like a year ago, in most of their uh, locations, they turned on the thing where you can uh, pre-order and pay for your drink or uh, your food uh, from the app and just skip the line entirely and you just walk in and grab it and go. Yeah, the the pre-ordering thing, um, which I still actually haven't tried, um, that is pretty neat. Like that seems, at least for me, like ubiquitous now for for just for so many people. And I think like the infrastructure and just a priming or like just kind of like I I don't know the word, but like easing their customers into that. It seems like I don't know somebody very smart there had like this long term strategy and goal to make that happen where this isn't something that was built overnight. It was something that they have been planning for a while, but it just seemed like somebody flipped a switch and everybody just got on board. Um, let me see if this is a valid example. Uh, I mean, I'm, I just thought of this now because you didn't, you know, you didn't give me any time to prepare. Um, same, same day delivery. No. Well, please, please, please plead your case. <laughs> well, um, it, like you like you know you just said it it kind of snuck up on me where i never i never thought of same day delivery being a thing and now again to use use your parlance you know seemingly overnight that's now almost become my expected standard hmm uh, can i and i think and i think where maybe my example's different is i fully acknowledge that i live in a bubble and in a you know one of only a handful of cities where this is possible and in fact i live within a part of the city where this is possible so i it's not nearly as 
ubiquitous as your example was, but I guess, you know, at least just just strictly speaking personally, that's something that um, kind of, it's not something I really even thought of as being a realistic thing has now become, again, sort of the the norm for me. I understand and I appreciate that example, but... Okay, I mean, I, do, I don't want to say you're wrong, but I for that one... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, I mean, but like for that one, that seems like uh, not necessary. Because I th- what I think in in this sense, what I would like if for the purposes of my example, and again, this is my whole uh, uh, my my construct, and something I just made up right now. So I, I'm trying to force you into the rules of my like thought experiment. But isn't isn't that kind of just what we do here on the show? Moving on. <laughs> Uh, like uh, what I would say that maybe in in that same kind of vertical and it is like Amazon Prime is a thing that nobody knew they wanted yet Amazon knew that was going to be the glue to their entire retail e-retailing empire on top of digital goods and everything else that they do so I think that maybe fits more of one of the because prime now and and same day delivery if he needs i I don't see i i don't see the utility in that versus overnight like i i think there's very little to be gained from that and logistically it's way harder well how about um reframing my example to say same day slash next day delivery that's really what i'm sure so if you mean the entire concept of amazon prime and making online shopping so hassle-free that it becomes the norm totally well but i think um that's that's been around for a decent amount of time now prime's been around for what six seven years now i think Um, almost a decade probably probably longer than that right I, the specifically the, the the concept of same day or next day delivery that's really what um has i i think again not not one of those things that i necessarily like thought that i wanted but then once i got kind of an, a taste of it and then started just using it more I mean, it's 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 everything you want because that that is without question the the biggest downside to shopping online is you you don't get that instant gratification that you can get in a retail store and but i feel that same day delivery still is an instant gratification like if i'm fine with waiting six hours for something i'm fine with waiting two days Mm, does that make sense i don't know i don't agree with that because ordering something in the morning and then having it be at your doorstep when you get home in the evening i think is very different than getting something 48 hours later i guess the fact that you have an arrangement where you don't have to be home for it makes a big difference oh uh, yeah i again fully acknowledge that i have a unique very san francisco like setup um you gotta clip that part out but anyway (laughs) why it's true moving on (laughs) <laughs> I why I got I got I got to be honest about it here. I'm not I'm not trying to hide anything. Okay. I mean you you're you you being way out where you are. I mean just you just wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you release this. 
or uh-huh. I'll let you listen to it in editing and see how it sounds. Okay. All right. This is not go how I expected. Uh huh. It it, rare, it rarely does. It never does. Uh huh. I should I should script this podcast out. What What do you mean? <laughs> Just give you lines. Oh well, that's I thought that's what the the cards are for. <laughs> did you get Did you get those? My, I sent them FedEx same day. <laughs> well, see, no, I did. I, did, I didn't get them yet. Uh, anyway. Um, can I can I actually speaking of delivery? Can I tell you a, a pretty unique delivery story that I ran into today? I, I've you know I've over over my now many years of being an Amazon Prime member, you know I've had lots of weird kind of quirky delivery situations. That, I mean, particularly like when OnTrack is involved. Um, but this this was a story with UPS today. So I, I had a um a shipment. This was not from Amazon. This was from a. Uh, a local uh, local retailer here, um, and they they were sending me something, and they um, typed in both my street number and my zip code incorrectly. So they got the street name right and they got the city right, but they did not get the number or the zip code correct. And so I, I was tracking this on UPS, and you know the little, little you know warning came on saying that the the address wasn't correct and i thought oh crap this is going to be some big process but then i noticed there was an option to uh, change the delivery address and i went huh okay well, this is this is handy right right on ups's website my choice um wh- no so it wasn't even through that this hmm? was just this this was separate from my choice because um, don't they t- don't they change you char- change you don't they charge you five dollars to change the shipping address well, no. So th- this was something where there was an error that came up where UPS acknowledged that the it was this was not a valid address, and so it prompted me to be able to change that address. But here's the catch: is you can only change one aspect of the address, so you can only change one of the following things: the street number, the street name, the city the unit number, or the zip code. Only one of those things. So because in my situation, both of those things, or two of those things, rather, the street number and the zip code were wrong, I, I was out of luck. Interesting. Yeah. I assume they would figure it out if you just, adjust, if you just adjusted the street number, just because the zip code had to have been sort of right, like for it to be in your neck of the woods. Yeah, it it was, but it was enough off to 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 not work. But I I contacted the the shipper and I I, th- I think it's been sorted out. But we'll we'll see. Do you mind saying what was in the box? Uh, these were these were all weather mats for my vehicle. Cool. Yeah. All right. You know me, I'm very very outdoorsy, so I need need those all weather mats. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. On to the normal show. So Apple launched a Twitter support account. It did. Do yes. you intend to tweet at them and ask them why one out of five uh, updates fail on your phone? <laughs> I might. What way to way to combine two topics together? I like that. I'm, I'm an expert because I because I've been having this issue less so frequently, but I've had it for like the past year, and I think I've brought it up on this show multiple times. And I think I said that I didn't have the issue, which is the reason why I then now have the issue. And I don't want to sound like a bad person, but I'm kind of glad it's happening to somebody else just because it's it's so like weird 
and and just in kind of like irksome like just like just why is this happening well so let me ask you this too uh when you go into settings and you scroll down to where all the apps are listed and then you can go into app specific settings do you have any null uh apps at the top of that list they show up as like a blank white icon and it, it'll say null where the name of the app would normally go no only in the health app hmm yeah, so I've got that too now. When I go into settings, I've got three entries for apps that don't have an icon and say null, which I which I believe based on some past testing I've done, I think they're apps that you've deleted, but that there's still some like remnant left on your phone. That's kind of weird. Anyway, it doesn't seem to be harming anything, but the the upgrading issue it is really bothersome and it's been happening with more frequency in the last month or two for me yeah for me it was like maybe one out of every 10 or 15 updates would just it would stay um like in you know like the little uh hour, not hourglass but the little um like countdown wheel thing it'd be like 99 percent installed right and then the problem i guess because i think my problem is slightly different than yours is that if i restart it the app disappears, and then I have to go force reinstall it. I have had that happen a couple of times. That's not what normally happens, though. Normally, it's the first part of what you described, where the app gets stuck at 99%, and then it, it just will just hang there for hours and hours and hours. And I can stop the update and then start it again, um, but the, it'll just get stuck in exactly the same place. And for me, the only way to resolve it has been to to restart the phone. And then when I restart the phone, the app disappears, and then I just go into the app store once the phone's booted back up, and then basically download the app from scratch. Although it's not, it's clearly not starting from scratch because if it's like if it's an app that I've been logged into, or there are certain settings for it, that those the, those login credentials and and the settings are still there. Well, that's the frustrating part for me is that I, because when you restart, it uh, looks like the app's entirely deleted. It's really concerning to me that at some point in time, it would, I would lose all the data in that app. So far, that hasn't happened yet. But just based on the way the problem manifests itself, I really think I'm going to lose data soon. Yeah. Because not every app that I have has like uh, some type of syncing component or some like web backup thing. Well, let's hope, I'm hoping this is maybe something that gets addressed in 9.3. I haven't heard anything, but, you know, can't stop me from hoping. Sure. So let's, let's uh, pivot this a little bit or, uh, like, redirect the conversation. What do you, like, this became a thing. Remember when there was the Comcast Cares account? <laughs> who, could, who could forget? Was his name Comcast Jeff? Uh, that doesn't sound right, no. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, who is the Comcast <laughs> Cares dude? Oh, man. This is riveting storytelling uh, over audio form. So businessweek.com, Comcast Twitter man. What the hell was Jaiku? Jaiku, I, I don't, wasn't that one of those Twitter kind of clones or something? Hmm. His name was Frank. Oh. Yeah, Comcast Frank. Interesting. So, is does, that, 
it is it does now does he need to like change his name to like Xfinity Francis or something? No, he just has to <laughs> tattoo the NBC Peacock logo on his kids. Oh, like does that bother you as much as it bothers me? Where Comcast stole like when not stole they bought like the most iconic like brand logo in the entire world and just shoved it on their cable company. You think the NBC Peacock is is number one? It's one of the most recognizable. Like it's lasted for like fifty years with just minor tweaks. That's true. It, it, it is it, okay. It's probably top ten. Okay, I I can accept that. But that's weird. Like that you just take your 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 funky logo and just slap like the most iconic thing in the world on top of it with a really weird typeface. Money money talks, man. And and thirty Rockefeller Center is now called the Comcast Building. Is it really? I swear to God. Is that recent? Uh, Wiki. You know what? I've, what's weird? I've started using voice search on both my phone and my Mac a lot more because I'm too lazy to type. I'm not too lazy, but it just it seems more natural. I've used. I've started using um, the uh, dictation for responding to text messages more often, especially if it's you know a one sentence or less response. Yeah. Let me send you the Wikipedia page. I so I visited 30 Rock um about a year and a half ago and I don't remember the exterior being... the exterior signage which changed to reflect the building's new name, Comcast Building, on July 1st, 2015, following the transfer of ownership to a corporate owner, Comcast. Oh, well I I huh, I did not notice that. This this was I think October when I visited, so which was well after this, so hmm. I think it's one of those things that people are going to be uh, very resistant to, and with, with good reason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. What? Sorry, nothing. Something really upsetting comes up if you go to images.google.com and uh, search for Comcast. Oh yeah, you don't. Yeah, don't ever. You should really never use Google Image Search. Very, very little good comes of that. No, got a Google image search and then Corgi. Sure. The dogs are Ooh. one of the few. Sorry, we're, we're going <laughs> to... I'm all over the place today. But... Um, yeah, should we... Do you want to start over? No, but I got to send you another thing. Okay. And the, the people can wait for this because this is totally worth it. Um, have you seen this new thing that people are doing with um, pets or food? I'm sorry? Pets or food. Oh, I thought you said pets for food and i i was very disturbed so check the slack hmm yeah pretty good right so these are these are dogs or bagels are no no some of them are bagels no i i understand that but the the dogs are curled up in the shape of a bagel the dogs are just being dogs and sometimes if you squint they look like bagels and the 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 bagels are just being bagels did you think about that i did Okay. What's what's the best type of bagel? There's only one right answer. Hmm. If you're thinking something's I'm, wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Um I you know what? I I can't really say I have a favorite kind of bagel. I'm kind of I I'm I'm kind of open-minded with my bagel choice. I have strong blueberry uh, like blueberry or raisin. No, you'll you'll no. take those? Then no, there are some wrong type of bagels. Um, well, those those aren't my favorite, but I would still eat them. I have I have strong um, cream cheese preferences. 
Oh, you're not one of those, those people. To so, me, to the to me, the the bagel is more just a, a vehicle for the cream cheese. You can just eat cream cheese. Oh well, that's cheese. I mean, I, I could, but I would not not feel good about myself. Whoa! So so eating a bunch of carbs along with it that you're not super picky about <laughs> makes it so much better. It, it definitely does. It, it makes well, it makes it more socially acceptable. <laughs> than just being a dude with a tub of cream cheese. <laughs> people, yeah, people might. Uh, they might frown on frown upon that. Somebody just walk over, read the <laughs> lid, and it says uh, servings twenty four, and you're halfway through it. Yeah, well, let's. Oh, yeah, don't get me started on that. I don't know where you're going with it, so I kind of do want to get you started on it. What do you mean? Well, it, it, like with with ice cream, you, you get you get the the quart of ice cream, and it, those those are generally. Wait, you mean the quart or pint? The pint, whatever. It's <laughs> a quart. If you're eating a quart a night, <laughs> Jesus. Even no, I'm not that. that. I think a pint's what I'm thinking of. The pint is like the the canonical, like iconic uh, Ben and Jerry's. Yes, exa- Ben and Jerry's is exactly what I'm. Picturing. And then you, and then you read the uh, the side, and it says servings per container three, and you're like, fuck that. Yep, like that's 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 where this is going. I've had a rough week. Um, have you tried um this is this could be your your weekly Ben and Jerry's recommendation? Um, the Tonight Dough, Jimmy Fallon's new. I don't know how new this is, but I I haven't seen it around until fairly recently. No, so I'm I'm fairly anti Ben and Jerry's, especially since uh, ever since um, Fallon got the Tonight Show, they discontinued his old flavor, which was called Late Night Snack, which was the best, and I don't like the new one at all. I disagree. I I didn't really mm. like that old one. Potato the, chips. The, eh, the potato chip thing was weird. They didn't no, really it wasn't. taste like potato chips. So what's in the new one? So the new one is so there's a lot going on here. Of so course there it's, is. It's chocolate and Fine. um caramel ice cream. Mm. It's um cookie swirl, which I don't know. What does know, that even mean? I don't who knows. Um chocolate chip cookie dough and peanut butter cookie dough. Nah, that's too much. It, it, it's a lot, but it's, I, I tried it for the first time uh, yesterday evening, and it, it, it is, it's delicious. So, I mean, I'm this way with a lot of food. If there's too much going on, it detracts from, because ice cream is generally, a, like it, in the same way in the bagel, there's like a central flavor or kind of component of it, which for most ice cream, it's whatever like the majority of the ice cream is. If there's too much other stuff going on, it, I think it's just like a, a net negative. Not on board with that. Boy, good luck. Good luck writing the uh, show description this week. <laughs> I'm sitting here writing down all these topics, and I, I don't envy you. You don't even have to write it down. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. Or you're going to forget. No, I'll. I'll. I'll I've got my uh, topic list here, which none of what we've talked about is on it. Um. Well, actually, so before I forget, just just kind of. So we're, we're no doing... longer talking about ice cream. We we can come back to that, but before I forget, while we're kind of doing a little meta meta talk about the show. Oh, album um, art. Yeah, a big big shout out to a friend of the show, Jacqueline, with the, for the new the new cover art. It's very very it's very sharp looking. Is this going to be the first show with it, or did last week's show go up with it? <laughs> last week, like Jesus, Carlos. Last week's what? show went up with it. Oh man, what, what are you what are you judging for? It's just it's it's amazing. It's amazing that it's I don't know. It's it's do, it's do you listen to little... every one of these through and through? Um. Well, not every <laughs> word anymore, but but there most most of it, yeah. No, because my uh, podcast client it doesn't refresh um 
the uh, album art every single time. Well, that, that's... Well, actually, no. Uh, Overcast did, so that's not even a fair point. I don't use Overcast. Well, that's... You know, nobody's perfect. Particularly the people that wrote Overcast, <laughs> because it has so many infuriating <laughs> decisions in it. Uh, anyway, uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. So wait, did you ever, before we get back to the ice cream, did you ever even say what your bagel preference is? I feel like that you, you have a strong preference. Did I ever finish thanking somebody for their album art? We, we thanked Jacqueline, yes. I think you did. Well, I, I, I did. You didn't even notice it was there. No, I, I saw the final product. You, well, you did, yes, because I, I showed it to you. Yeah, I just didn't know if it went live with the thing because, um, like the grid of icons in my, um, podcast thing didn't change. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah yes, it, it, it's it's up now. So I, I'm uh, super happy with it. It looks great. I think it's a nice uh, refresh. I think our old uh, album art served us well. Uh, but I think it with this episode of season two, <laughs> yes, we're arbitrarily... <laughs> S, S2, S2E1, here we go. Well, what episode were we up to before? Say, and it, well, so it was, well, actually, it was 69 episodes under the old art, and this was the 70th episode. Yeah, that's that's a nice even... Yeah. Uh, most, most shows uh-huh. have 70 episode seasons. Well, technically 69 episode seasons. Yeah, same number of games that are in a uh, uh, basketball season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank, uh, thank you, friend of the show, Jack. Yes. It, it looks great. It does. I agree. Yeah. It's got, it's got your favorite color green in there. It does. I do, I do like the circuitry angle. It lo- looks pretty neat. I know. I, um... it's, it's, it's not too busy. But it, it's 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 cool. I gave very very little direction. Um, I provided some examples that you had, and then a couple of examples that I thought of, and then our our current album art, and that that was about it. And she she ran with it. So fantastic. Yeah. Look for your Amazon Echo in the mail. Me, mine? You're well, no, why are you for, buying me one? No, I meant for her. Oh, she already has one. Does she really? Uh huh. I get, never okay. Just letting it go. Yeah, I I don't you, think no. I don't think those are widespread enough. Where one, you can assume anybody who has one listens to your podcast. But I do enjoy the joke that um, you just out loud say Alexa something something something. Yeah, and, and that, that's, get to all people's good. lives. Mm-hmm. I've turned my. I'm not even. I'm not even going to say it. My Microsoft gaming console on multiple times. Right, during during the show. Xbox on. I've got headphones on. It's not going to work. Play... I don't know what a modern video game is. <laughs> Play Age of Empires 3. Mm. It, was, it was a good game. Although Age, Age of Empires 2 was better. And Midtown Madness 2 is the only game that should have ever existed. That's, that's fair. So, so, okay, so hold on. No, no, so no. Hold on. Real here. Are, are we favorite, backing favorite up to bagel? ice cream or sesame? Or, sorry. Se- oh, se- sesame seed bagel? Is that where you're going with That this? is the only correct choice. Oh, uh, Asiago bagel could be a close second. Uh, third, to, uh, third is plain. Fourth is everything. All of the bagels need not apply. I was going to say plain, but I thought you would just ridicule me. No, no. A, a good plain bagel. Like, there, there's so much... T- uh, uh, that you, that we're never going to talk about technology today, but... Do we, don't do we ever do that here? Not, sometimes not sometimes really. we do. Um, yeah, there's so much to be said, and like, there's an understated appreciation of just something simple done well. And a good plain bagel is hard to top. When I, I will say, I'm, I'm not 
one of those people who it's like, ah, oh, you got you got to go to the source for to get the real good food. Like you got to go to Chicago for good deep dish pizza. No, not at like, all. I'm not, I'm not really like one of those kinds of people. No, I, I generally don't buy into that. But but I will say that the New York bagel thing that that's that's a real thing. Eh. I I still haven't really found a great bagel here in California. <laughs> So where's your, where's your go-to bagel place? Uh, I I don't think I'm that picky. Like I I like a good one. Oh, so now so now you're not picky with bagels. I see. Well, I I guess oh, what I'm saying is in in light of what you just said, I'm not perpetually disappointed in California bagel quality. Like I I don't go buying bagels at random places and then throw them on the ground because I'm <laughs> I'm disgusted, which I assume is what you do. Cause... Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, but there's actually a place in Oakland, uh, near Jack London Square called uh. It's it's ABC. I don't know if it's American Bagel Company or what it is, hmm. um, but it's very good, and I don't think it's that far away from your office either. How'd you how'd you find that? Uh, the lady. Oh. Uh, it's called Authentic Bagel Company. They make uh, fantastic bagel sandwiches and also just a nice, good, uh, one of the best sesame seed bagels. Authentic Bagel Company. Let me uh, tab over to like the twenty open apps I have. There you go. Hmm. Now this is this is pretty. This is pretty far from the office, unfortunately. Well, you've, you've got your uh, fancy car with your uh, all-weather mats. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, uh, because sesame seed bagel, uh, Asiago, plain, everything bagel, and then no other bagels need apply. Hmm. I don't, I don't really agree with a sesame seed bagel. Ooh. Don't, I don't hate a sesame seed bagel, but I wouldn't say that's one of my favorites. Okay. Are there any that were not on that list that you are a fan of? Like mm. you, you, you think it's correct to exclude the, the raisin and blueberry nonsense, right? I think it has a time and a place. But it's not a... <laughs> a trash can at the end of the week. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a go-to, like, everyday kind of bagel. Um, I I would throw like a like a whole wheat bagel in there. That's all right. I think I think that goes along with plain, depending on how sure. I I don't understand the whole using wheat instead of like white breaded products of like being some kind of health choice. It's not that much better for you. I don't, and you generally take a hit on flavor. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, it it does. I mean, but, you know, it's in general, you kind of take a, a hit on flavor when you're dealing with whole wheat stuff compared to... But then why do it? Yeah, it's, you know, marginally better for you. But, it, I, yeah, I guess that's my point. Um, all right. Do you want to backtrack one more time into ice cream, I think, that we didn't finish talking about? 40 minutes in? Mm-hmm. So, what, so you're, you're in love with, uh, what's the new flavor called? I think it's just called uh, the Tonight Dough. That's that's. Here's the thing: I don't. I am a fan of pun humor. It's got to be good. I don't think that's that bad. Tonight Dough is not bad. No, it's it's pretty good. <sighs> okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, not a big Ben and Jerry's fan. Um, are have you tried out Three Twins ice cream? Um, I think I've had it. Um. So it's it's a local Bay Area thing. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I know. I'm it, it's 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 in, in the local market here's got it. So I think you place. should try. Uh, there's a flavor uh, called mint confetti, 
that Ugh, is mm-mm. try it not a not a big mint ice cream guy it's not what you think when you think of mint ice cream Does do you think like uh, confetti what does confetti taste like? I, I'm asking you. I mean, if it doesn't taste like mint, then yes, it then... does. Since you don't, uh, since you don't have an opinion on what confetti tastes like, it tastes exactly like that. And now you have to try it. Okay. I'm, 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 but I'm really not a big mint ice cream guy. I would recommend trying it. They also have a flavor uh, by Sergio Romo called uh, Mexican hot chocolate, Ooh. which is also very good. Okay. But I would str- like. Um, I, I don't know if they have it over there, but the Berkeley Bowl sells little. Um, single serving ones which i think will solve your pint problem where it's uh, I, 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 never, I don't think i ever called it a problem <laughs> you're at peace with it <laughs> yeah you just you know sometimes them things you just gotta let go okay um so anyway that, that's that's your homework for the week try out mint confetti um or to a lesser extent the mexican hot chocolate one hmm, okay but mint confetti is great i just I just bought that thing of the tonight dough so you're gonna, you're gonna work your way through the pint tonight, and no, there's always I, I tomorrow. Generally, I generally try to limit myself to half, maybe well, a little more yeah. than half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I but I think in general too, I try to you know maybe one of those a month, two sometimes. You gotta live a little sometimes. I do once or twice a month. Life is short. Uh huh. As 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 we've discussed, a surprising amount on this show. Have we? I feel like it's been kind of a recurring theme. Oh, the whole uh, you spend your whole life fighting who you are until you die thing. Yeah, I, I still I still find myself thinking about that occasionally. I'm I'm, I'm really bothered by it. Thanks, <laughs> are, thanks for that. Are you just upset that I distilled like the whole human experience into like four? Okay. Apple Twitter support. Did we did we adequately cover that? <laughs> not, not at all. I don't think. No. Okay, so we we got stuck on your. Uh, oh, that's the whole point of where I was going with this. Is this the, what what is so what's happened with the show? It like so we. Is this a new format now? Or so we like introduce a bunch of topics kind of in rapid succession, like they kind of just lead into one another and then we go backwards back through them in more detail? Is that is that kind of what we're doing now? I have an outline. I have a schedule for this. You're the one derailing this. Huh. Okay. <laughs> um no, no, you're a great you're a great sport. Um <laughs> thank you. No, the whole point of what I want so the Apple Twitter Twitter sport thing, I, that's not super interesting to me. But um and I don't think they would reply to your problem. Because it's not, it's not, it's it's just kind of one of those things that they probably say, eh, it's broken. We kind of, we kind of know. Like, there's so many parts of iOS that are just kind of, kind of broken. You think maybe that's just what the the Twitter account does? It just, it just auto replies to every, um, to every question. It's like, eh, yeah, we 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 know. And then it kind of it, it puts in the the shrugging emoji thing. <laughs> if it had a picture of a corgi attached to it, I would be customer sat would be a hundred percent. Hmm. Man, that defiant corgi. All right. Uh, so no, my uh, the whole reason why I want to talk about this is, um, what is your opinion of non-traditional customer service? Like what? Like do, when it's available, do you like chat support? Do you like email support? Do you prefer calling on the phone? What like do you think you'd ever want to use Twitter support? Like what builds value for you? And what what things that aren't phone support make a difference for you well i, I think to answer your question i given all those choices I, I would pick phone support generally um any form of support generally is kind of a crummy experience but at least over the phone you cut through a lot of the communication limitations that you have 
inherently over email or a chat room or something like that. But if I can't do a phone conversation, then yeah, probably some type of instant chat because it there there aren't many problems where you don't need a lot of like back and forth conversation. So that's what's frustrating about email is you you'll send in a problem, you'll get a response, that won't work, you send a reply, then you gotta wait for another reply. Whereas at least like with a chat room kind of thing, you can you can have that instant back and forth. What okay. I I would mostly agree with that because I think I uh have gr- I, I've like honed my talking to customer service people skill. Like to the point where like wherever people get stuck in like a phone tree or having like a dead end conversation with somebody, like it's super easy to get just to the heart of the problem. Does that make sense? You probably have that too. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, like kind of like skipping the whole re- reboot your modem like eight times thing with Comcast. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but what about uh, local establishments? Because one of the things that's been kind of, that's been rumored and is kind of appealing to me is that either like um, on, a, on a Yelp or a Google Maps or a Facebook where you can have kind of like an email or an instant message back and forth with a local retailer. Does that interest you at all? Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's that's the one thing that I do hope goes away. I, I don't like the whole... Uh, I, yeah, I, I think phone service works for certain types of businesses, but I think that would be super convenient for uh, local businesses. Especially in the age of online shopping, I think that's one of the, uh, the keys to it. Right. Anyway, moving on. Do you want to jump into the uh, Apple... Apple event that's happening on Tuesday, is it? Tuesday or Monday? Monday. Monday. Yeah, yeah, Monday the 21st. Um, sure. Um, so this is the, um, let us let us loop you in. Is that is that the, that's the tagline here? Mm-hmm. With the four colors, yeah. Right. Um, so the, the general consensus seems to be new four-inch iPhone, the iPhone SE, which sounds like it's going to be basically an iPhone 6S but in a four-inch form factor, very similar to the iPhone 5S. Without 3D Touch. Without 3D Touch, which, I mean, eh, that's fine. Um, I, I kind of agree. Yeah. Um, Except uh, for long, uh, for uh, force pressing on uh, OmniFocus to input a new event. True. That, that, the that, only time I use it. I agree. Um, new 9.7-inch iPad Pro, which largely sounds like the full-size iPad Pro, but in the iPad Air form factor. Um, and then new Apple Watch bands. Um, and in terms of hardware, that kind of seems like what we're going to see. There's been some, you know, some people speculating that we might see some new Macs, which it completely makes no sense to me because it would have leaked out by now. Like Apple in the last couple of years, they, they do a a decent job, like with the watch, for example, like nobody really knew about the digital crown, like that, that specific part, like specifically the way it worked, didn't leak out. But the idea that they were going to announce a watch was leaked out like months in advance. Like I, I, I can't remember the last time that Apple in an event announced some like a, a product just a general product that nobody saw coming like that, that just doesn't happen anymore at these events have you ever thought maybe this encrypted the data <laughs> perhaps 
Um, um, but anyway, so I think in terms of hardware, I think I think that's all we'll see because that's that's what's leaked out there. Um, and then software will will probably get release dates for iOS nine point three, Watch OS two point two, Mac OS ten eleven dot whatever the hell we're on now. Um, so how how does Apple not just make this the event where they announce smaller versions of products that are already out there? Say it again. Well, so hardware-wise, we're getting a smaller version of an iPhone that we already have, and we're getting a smaller version of an iPad that we already have. So why, why is that an exciting event? And how does Apple, what does Apple need to do to make it so that that's not the takeaway? couple of things. Um, I think both of the things you, one, it doesn't have to be an exciting event. I think it already does sound kind of like an exciting event. And you have to be of the opinion that you, like me, think the iPad Pro is a preposterous product, right? Oh, absolutely. So then why, but do you think it has some valid, unique features? Definitely. Then it's not just a smaller version of an existing product. It's the proper form of a product that shouldn't have really existed. (laughs) I say that in jest, but like... I think a lot of a lot of cool stuff happened with uh, with the iPad Pro, and now that's going to come to uh, to uh, customers in a form factor that makes sense. Because I'm, have you heard on on certain podcasts that a lot of people are coming around to the idea that their enthusiasm for the Pro was completely misplaced? Like no. Merlin, Merlin has copped to it in that it's just a bad it's just a bad iPad, and a couple of other people have. I know Mike is still. Uh, on his thing, or sorry, uh, Jason is still fairly uh, in favor of it. But no, I've seen a decent number of people kind of fall back on the nope. It's just kind of unwieldy and too damn big. Hmm. Again, I think it has a place for certain types of artists and people who want that type of thing in certain business applications. But I think for most everybody else, ten inches is the right form factor. And again, personal preference and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm excited to, uh, like, I, I don't think I'm going to be upgrading for quite a while because I'm still very happy with my Air 2, and it's it it does great. Uh, but no, I'd be very pleased to upgrade it to either an iPad Air 3 or an iPad Pro standard, whatever you want to call the the right size. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I think the pencil might be interesting. I, I Again, we've talked about kind of the... Um, like the uh, imaginary allure of handwritten notes, but also like just kind of the impracticality of actually doing it. Uh, but it's always just kind of that thing like, ooh, wouldn't it be nice? But I think the pencil would be kind of unique uh, and cool. And the smart keyboard, meh, it might be cool to have a first-party solution for that, although I do like my Logitech one. But um, no, just something that is much, much faster, uh, more RAM, and um, better sound and all that kind of stuff. I think that coming to the most popular iPad is is something that's positive. Um, I guess, but I mean, like we've talked about extensively on the show, I, for like, for you and me, like neither of us is going to get a lot of utility out of the pencil. Um, I appreciate better speakers on the iPad, but in practice, I almost always am using a pair of headphones when I'm on my iPad. So... I don't know, those kind of headline features don't, at least for me, move the needle much. But it doesn't matter. I mean, pretend that you were somebody who had an iPad Air. Would you think this would be a worthwhile upgrade on top of the Air 2? 
Well, probably. And I, I mean, actually, the, you know, the, the flip side of it for me is that as someone who has tossed around the idea of going back to a full-size iPad, the, the, you know, this is something that's kind of intriguing. Yeah, like why, why would you be upset with something that's better than an Air 2? Uh, not, not upset. Or unimpressed. I mean, like, wh- like what is it? I guess I should uh, ask it a different way. What is it missing that you think it has to have? Like what, what, gla- what obvious feature does it need? That they're not addressing. I don't know if it's a specific feature, but I think with the iPad in general, it, it needs to decide what it is. It's stuck in this really weird middle ground right now where it's kind of a MacBook replacement, but it's kind of totally not. It's, it, I don't know, it, it's sort of... So wh- where does that distinction come from? What, what, like, what are they waffling on that you think makes it clearer? I mean, the, the, the stuff that people have brought up time and time again, which is mostly software related, which is like the kind of wonky keyboard support, really no mouse support. Why would, but, but it can't have mouse support. Why would it have mouse support? It's a well, touch. Not, not in its, not in its, not in iOS's current state. No. Like I, I personally, I, it's, I think it's becoming less and less tenable to have iOS be the one and only operating system for both the phone and the tablet. Like, it seems like the tablet's got to branch off on its own thing at some point. And I, I, I get that there's a lot of reasons why that would be a challenging thing, the, not the least of which is the whole idea that now developers basically have to write two completely different apps, or apps at least for two different operating systems, but they kind of should be doing that anyway. Like, the idea of just basically blowing up your iPhone app for a bigger screen generally doesn't even lead to a very worthwhile app anyway but end users don't want to pay for the apps already anyway well the, the economics is I, I get that it's related but that's not really what i'm trying to get at. well sure but i but you basically just said oh, ignore the money well no not ignore the money that just wasn't the point i was trying to make okay i mean because we've talked about this before the ease of portability of code and and making and and just kind of an easy path to making an iPad compatible application is one of the reasons why it's going to be a super long time before iPhone and iPad software uh, diverge. And if anything, I would say that that doesn't really happen. It's that OS ten becomes more tablet friendly and eventually there's kind of that thing like i I, like in recent memory based on kind of like the more public and open apple that we've had i think that it's going to be more of not os 10 becomes ios it's os 10 becomes slightly more touchscreen friendly and that there's a way to scale os 10 down to an arm-based chip and make kind of a surface is thing that's good Mm -hmm. so but i think that's that's a lot that's a long way away Hmm. yeah um on that note you made a mention uh earlier in the week about something about uh features being tied to screen size you want to tell me what you meant by that yeah so there is increasingly a belief that we're only going to see the new dual lens camera system in the iPhone um, 7 Plus that we were not going to see it in the standard 7 version. Um, and like that, that really bums me out. Like it, it, 
it's it's kind of a it's a bummer that two completely different features in this case screen size and the camera which really don't have anything to do with one another you 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 have to you have to choose one to get both and that's i don't know that that seems to me like tying tying features to the screen size just i don't know doesn't seem doesn't seem right and the ipad i guess is kind of like this now too where like the pencil support is something that now you can only get on the 9.7 and 12 inch screens and if you want the smaller mini screen you know you can't you can't use it there if you want the pencil you got to have a bigger screen but yeah, like if there is this new kind of like hybrid or like the staggered camera model thing i don't think it's because apple is trying to drive up the average selling price or they're trying to force people into the larger model I think it's because the iPhone 7 or the 6S or whatever whatever the regular size version of their flagship phone is, I, I don't think they would ever try to restrict features from it. It would just be something based on just physical dimensions that they can't fit it in. I mean, we've talked about the fact that they refuse to make the phones uh, thicker or maintain the thickness to accommodate new features, but I don't think they're intentionally forcing it on the larger model. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think Apple's trying to drive up price i'm just saying that it's 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 a shame that you have to sacrifice your preferred screen size preference like putting aside cost for you know a feature which again is kind of completely unrelated so the the uh counterfactual of that i think is the word um is that they should wait until that feature is miniaturized to the point where it could like they should should they hold off on that until it's small enough to fit in both phones like like what like what's the alternative i mean do so do you think it's it really is truly that the you just can't have a, the same dual dual lens camera system in the smaller phone that it it really is about the size of the phone itself like i don't even know if this exists yet but i would say probably like but, yeah, I, I don't think they're artificially restricting it to that model. I think it's just a it's um it's just an available space type thing. Ooh, what if what if the what if the seven plus had a headphone jack and the seven doesn't? <laughs> uh, that that would <laughs> that's the worst of all possible realities. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll we'll move on from that. Uh, Mac is uh, Mac is CBS. We we can skip that. Okay, I'll let you uh, take the wheel for a sec. Um. So, um. The one of the other things that came out in the couple weeks since our last episode, Slack voice chat integration. Um. I don't, I don't know what to think about this. On on one hand, it seems like potentially kind of a neat thing, but then on the other, I I kind of like how Slack is. I feel like I don't know, like voice chat maybe starts to convolute the product. I, I don't I don't know. Eh, how so though? Like if you just right clicked on a user's name and just clicked call, and it just spawned a little like Skype like window or something like that. Like what what's what's the harm? Yeah, that's true. I guess if it was implemented like that. Because I guess I I've never actually used Skype for business. Have you? Um... Or are you aware of what that actually is? I was gonna say we we officially use Slack at my job now. Like that is that's become our official instant messaging client. And 
there's nothing about it when I use it at work that I've noticed that's any different from just when you and I use it. No, no, I sorry, I might have misspoke. Uh, Skype for business. Oh, Skype for business. Sorry. Um, I no, I I didn't even know that was a thing. Like apparently it is, and it's part of like Office Enterprise or, or some some nonsense. But yeah, like I uh, Slack has done a really good job of managing feature bloat. So no, I, I think they would do it well. And I think the more things you can keep inside a single application and not have to say, okay, well, let, let's hop on Skype or uh, let me do FaceTime audio or let me call you instead. I think being able to keep that inside of the application is, as long as it's integrated well, I, I don't see the harm in that. And I see there could be a lot of utility in that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how they, the devil's in the details, as you're famous for saying. No, it's it, it was the skating to the puck thing. <laughs> oh, right. Um. All right. Updates to the Echo line. Yeah, I know. I know you're you're very excited about that. I, I genuinely am. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I'm not sure how it works, so you can probably tell me about that. So there's two new products: the Echo Dot and the Amazon Tap. The Echo Dot is the miniature Echo, and the Amazon Tap is the Bluetooth speaker with quasi Alexa capabilities. Is that the deal? That's the deal. So the um, Echo Dot is basically about adding alexa you know to other rooms of the house so the idea is that you would kind of have an amazon echo and then you would put these echo dots like in other parts of the house Um, and then the amazon tap is almost like a like like an outdoor version of their kind of what's becoming their speaker line now which is um, like you can put on these like colored sleeves. You, there's pictures on the website about people at the beach with it. Um, it it's again, yeah, like their their outdoor version of of the Echo. Uh, I love their customer images. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think the the tap is the far more interesting of, or sorry, the uh, the dot is the far more interesting of the two. Because uh, again, there have been there's been tons of. Actually, like so, so friend of the show who did the who did the album art. What does she think of hers? They they, they love the the echo. What what type of application? Like, how are they using it? Um, mostly in kind of the um, just silly ways that that you can. So there's some of the silly integrations it has. Like, I think one of their they have like a smart um, um, outlet that they can turn a light on and off with. Ooh, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and you're, I mean, and you're it, not on the home automation bandwagon yet, are you? I, mean, I, I live in a studio apartment. You can still turn the lights off with your phone? Uh, yeah, I, I could. That's true. Yeah, Philips Hue is addictive. Um, but yeah, a tap seems far more interesting because if you can... Because what what's the appeal of Sonos? Because that seems to be like... Because isn't that like a whole home stuff kind of their hallmark? It is, and I yeah, I've I've never um, I've never really taken a deep dive on the Sonos stuff. I mean, this seems kind of like that, like if because Echo seems like a cool product, but if it only lives in your kitchen or lives in your um, like in your living room, it, once you move to another room in the house, you either have to uh, like yell really really loudly, or it doesn't extend there. So I think no, I think the uh, the Echo Dot is actually pretty 
Tinit. I think I think you, you you've gone back and forth between calling it the dot and the tap. I do because I'm looking at the product page for the <laughs> tap and I'm trying to talk about the the cooler product. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I mean, I I I think yeah. Obviously, if you have like a multi room home, the the dot makes a lot of sense. I actually think the tap is pretty neat though. Like having a salt. I mean, it it assumes how good the speaker, depending on how good the speaker is. Hmm. Um. Because obviously, it seems like the tap is marketed more as a speaker, as a dog speaker. Hmm. What did you say? One sent me here. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. This product page is super weird. Hmm. Um. Although it does ind- inductive charging, that's neat. Yeah. I mean, sure. <laughs> you, you don't. You don't hope to ever see that feature in the iPhone. Just don't really care. Inductive charging isn't a lot different than just plugging something in. Is it though? It's marginally more useful. Coming but... from the same day shipping, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you understand what, what I okay. yeah, I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> so any any added convenience sounds like it like it's a huge win. Uh, I sure. <laughs> You 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 just got got lawyered. Ugh. Okay. Um. Oof. Yeah, Echo Dot seems neat. I think you're thinking of the tap. No, no, the dot looks cool. <laughs> so, does the dot have any audio out? Um. That's a good question. Because I like I'm confused as what it does then. Well, I mean, you would have to have audio out for um, for Alexa to respond to you. Like, so I assume it's made to like link to existing speakers, perhaps. Yeah. So, what is it? Echo Dot. Play your favorite music. Order pizza from Domino's. Voice control your home. Request rides from Uber. Find local businesses. So, yeah, I think but that, it is. That didn't answer my question. What? Does it make sound? Yes. It. it my the first thing I said was play your favorite music. But that didn't mean it came from there. So, sorry, going further down the page, uh, Dot has a small built-in speaker. It can also connect to your speakers over Bluetooth or with an included audio cable. So it's right. just very quiet. Yeah. Okay. So you wouldn't really use this as a standalone. Right. Um, all right, so what's, what's next here? Um, uh, this, this, is, this is you, car, car technology. Well, so you, you made the mistake. So you put a... So the new... Um, Audi A4 has been released, and they're doing all the uh, show press people around, so there's a bunch of uh, favorable articles in every media outlet about it. Does that seem like an accurate assessment? It, it, it does, yes. You know, like, when every, every, um, whenever there's a big product launch, they just kind of give, like, pre or like white-glove little press tours of something? Yes. So, but the A4 seems to be, like, this car that, uh, based on TV advertising, which has been running, like, all day long on ESPN... Uh, that the Audi A4 is like the new car for nerds or something. There, there is definitely a uh, a tech angle. Yes. So it seems neat. Uh, I, I'm actually kind of intrigued by it because like Audi has always been fairly. It, it's either been a super boring car or it's been a nice car, but that looks gross on the inside. No offense. Um, but this one actually looks pretty neat and pretty restrained on the inside. But uh, we were talking about it, and you had mentioned, uh, for me mainly, this is a question about a sedan versus SUV. And you, you mentioned to the point where the only way you'd get a sedan is if 
it, you own two cars. And I want to probe more on that. Yeah, I mean, f- for me, th- having an SUV is like w- once I made that um, switch years and years ago, like I, it would be hard for me to ever go back. Oh, I mean, I tried, right? Because I, I leased that Ford Fiesta for a couple years. Um, and I just having a small car like that for day-to-day use there's just so many drawbacks to it you know the the two most obvious ones are um just storage so like for example i'm going to going to tahoe with some friends this weekend and there's just there's just no way that would work in a you know a small sedan um and then two like the the thing i really value as a driver is is having you know passengers be comfortable and it just in, in an suv there's just so much more space you do, you don't necessarily have to get a cramped sedan. No, but I you know I just like, uh, you just other than just, extremely tall riders, I I think uh, uh, there are definitely roomy sedans. I mean there there are, but I just even the roomiest sedan is going to have a hard time competing with an SUV. I think a seven series compared to uh, to an Escape, I think the seven series is more spacious hmm. because it, <laughs> because it's just like as long as a boat. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I just want, I want to see what, what what your thoughts were, but yeah, that that's plausible. But I think I think there are some definite drawbacks with SUVs too. That's fair. I, I do I do really stylistically SUVs are challenged. I like the way my edge looks. Yeah, no, it's it's a nice looking car, but hmm. I do really like this A4 though. The inside it's 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 shockingly nice. Well, and just the, I love the virtual cockpit, which is just like an that old... looks so that looks super neat. That's kind of like a a Tesla ish thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't like the whole. It looks like you just shoved an iPad Mini into the dashboard. In the I middle. know, I know. Because like certain cars, at least uh, the A three and some and like I think the A seven all have uh, retractable ones. This kind of looks like Mercedes in the same sense. It looks like that you just glued an iPad Mini. Or actually, worse, it looks like it looks like a seven-inch Android tablet. Looks you you glued a Nexus Seven to the dash. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, the virtual cockpit thing actually looks pretty neat, and I do like the uh, the driver assistance features. That looks cool. And the one thing that seems compelling about this to me, uh, in particular, is that uh, they seem to have very clear uh, product packages. And with other manufacturers, particularly BMW they nickel and dime you to hell for every technology feature to the point, and there are no packages that make that more reasonable. So it just becomes just cost prohibitive to have a, a highly equipped tech car. Yeah, this this is fairly straightforward. Premium, premium plus, and prestige. Yeah, prestige is, is a lame name, but it yeah, it's very, it's very clear. And, that, and, that, and that's what you want. <laughs> premium plus uh, sounds like, uh, yeah, 6S plus. <laughs> Forty-five nine, though that's that's not bad. It's it's not the worst, but for a sedan, that that's it's well compared it's, it's to a C class or a three series, like that's that's not bad. That's uh, very competitive. True. That's true. And when you, if you compare the technology, a comparable three series would be fifty-five. Yeah, and I do, I do like that they also you know speaking of my preference of SUVs, like they they do offer like an all-wheel drive version of this, which is nice. Which I, pre- which I appreciate. Yeah, El Nino ready. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only like 2500 more for that, too, which is not, mm-hmm. not too bad. No diesel, so the emissions are probably 
not lied about. <laughs> Ouch. Ah, oh, VW, that's... Oh, yikes. Yeah. That whole thing is weird. It's, it's, not, it's not great, no. Just so much effort into, into cheating. It's a shame. On that note, do you want to talk about another... Uh, so we're talking about uh, uh, petroleum-powered cars, something that will be extinct very soon. Do you want to talk about VR? <laughs> I kid only because... We'll, we'll get into it. So, so talk about what's new in VR. So uh, the PlayStation 4 VR, formerly Project Morpheus, uh, got its big reveal um, during GDC, which is ongoing this week, the Gamer, Game Developers Conference. Uh, Sony had a big press conference where they announced the price, which is 400 although put, put a bookmark in that. And then uh, release date, October. Um, overall, I think the impressions were fairly positive from, from the folks who were there. Um, there were a few different new game demos. Um, people generally had positive things to say. Um, and like I said, putting a bookmark in the price, you know, 400 right off the bat seems like a good deal, right? Compared to 600 for the Oculus and compared to 800 for, um, the Vive. But I mean, there's, there's a couple things to consider. I mean, one of course is you, you need a PlayStation four, which, you know, you need a high end PC for the other two. So that's maybe not that big of a downside, but you also don't get everything you need in the box for the PlayStation VR. You also need a PlayStation I, which is their kind of like Kinect equivalent, which is really, it's it's only 50 bucks, so it's not the end of the world. But I don't know. I found the way that they rolled out the pricing to be a little deceiving. And Sony came out and said, oh, well, you know, many of our PlayStation owners have cameras, so we, we felt like it would be redundant to include it in the box which I don't know a single person who owns a PlayStation I. So I don't know if I necessarily buy that. So, I mean, overall, cheaper than the Oculus and the Vive, particularly when you consider, you know, just having to own a PlayStation 4 versus a high-end PC. But I just wish they would have been a little more transparent with the pricing. So you already know my, my feelings on VR, but I think this is interesting and cool. In the sense that Oculus seems to have a big question mark in the sense of like how capable is your PC and all this kind of stuff. And I've always spoken to, even though console gaming and all gaming in general seems like it's just super difficult and and fussy, uh, the benefit has been that when you own a gaming console, you have a a more or less uh, a guarantee on performance and the level of of experience you're going to get out of it. So I think having virtual reality that's tied to a powerful game console and has an existing infrastructure for game delivery and input methods and that kind of stuff. I think this seems more compelling and uh, ready for market than most of the other competing products. So, yeah, I mean, this seems neat. I mean, sure, it should bundle everything in, but I think, like... I, th- I think that three ninety nine price point is probably fairly important. It it at least gets people's attention in that it's not a super niche accessory. I mean, it probably still is, but uh, it seems interesting. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, 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 what's what else is going to be interesting to see is how the fidelity of these games compares to the Oculus and the Vive. Like, you might 
end up getting what you pay pay for comparatively. Do, do you think VR has any applications in the next five years that anybody's going to care about other than hardcore gamers? I do. Yeah. Such as? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 if I, if I knew I could go out there and pitch those ideas, make a lot, make a lot more money. But I'm saying in the next five years. I mean, yeah. I, you I, really I, think, you think Oculus is going to sell to anybody who's not a hardcore gamer? I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm with Jason on this one. Hmm. Agree to disagree. Yes, sir. Um, so we've got two more topics before we get into the picks of the week and the Better Call Saul stuff. Um, what do you, what do you think of these? Yeah, we're running along. So let's, let's, we'll, we'll skip uh, the Instagram thing. Uh, tell me about your favorite company. So Uber's, Uber's been, I feel like we haven't really talked much about them lately. No, not at all. We can kind of VR, um, VR has kind of become like our new Uber on this show. Um, but so no, so because so we're now actually introducing an Uber app or Uber an Uber app and an Uber topic. Um, Uber's been playing around with having food delivery service inside the existing Uber app, but it's been fairly limited and uh, not available in many areas. Kind of has come across as more of like an afterthought. Um, but this week they introduced a standalone Uber food delivery app, which seems to be a little bit more widely available, a little bit more fleshed out. Um, I have, I have not tried this yet. Um, it's, I don't know, it's these food delivery services again, just as a result of where I am, they're kind of a dime a dozen. Um, and I'm walking distance from many places to eat. So having food delivered in my home isn't really necessarily a big draw for me, but I, I guess I'll, I'll eventually try this out. So have you ever heard of Spoon Rocket? <laughs> no, I have not. Okay, well, apparently it's a company that went out of business this week. Uh, it was based in Berkeley, so I've seen it more in the East Bay. But uh, yeah, on-demand food seems to be really, really challenging. I mean, I know we know that li- like the whole uh, sidecar, uh, they went out of business, right? Uh, yeah, I, I believe so. So, so it's it's a two-person race between uh, Lyft and Uber, and and Lyft has had tons of money infused into it and and so much of that is is spent lost per ride trying to get people to to use the service so it seems like a, just a really challenging like on demand anything seems to be really challenging but food in particular seems to be really really difficult and i think it's 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 tough just cuz uber has just such a dominant market position and they're already working on the ai to replace humans that it seems like there's no way they can't win and that seems frustrating or, or, or yeah, just say it sounds like it's, it's, it's already over. Mm. Yeah. I'm not a big, uh, not a big delivery or, or takeout person. Uh, yeah. Just, me let's either. just head out there. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's jump to picks of the week then. Okay. Let's, let's round this out. Let's get people, let people, uh, drive home safe. Uh, so you, 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 you first here. I've, I've gone first the last, uh, last couple of weeks. Let, let, let you off too easy. Uh, do you know what my last one was? Because I want to make sure I don't reuse it. It's it's been it's been too long ago, and and you don't let me put them in the the description anymore. So, uh, it's the uh, Jawbone Up Twenty Four. Did I already talk about this? I don't think I did. No, I did. You have a Jawbone. So yeah, I think uh, we might have talked about this online only, um, uh, offline only. 
sorry, it's getting late. Uh, <laughs> about I was looking for uh, a uh, a wearable alarm that is silent. And what I found on Amazon was a discontinued Jawbone Up Twenty Four that was released in twenty thirteen. Uh, well, we, we did we did talk about the silent alarm thing on on the show. I'm I'm just remembering that now. Okay, well I'm picking my winner, uh, and that that is the up twenty four. It works great. It allows you to set uh, smart alarms that try to determine like how awake or uh, close to waking up you are, and wake you up through a vibrating alarm in the ideal moment. And it actually works pretty successfully. And it was only like twenty six dollars uh, discontinued new on Amazon. So what really? Mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely in kind of impulse buy, give it a try territory. I still set audible alarms as kind of like an emergency thing, just because it does stop vibrating after thirty seconds, which makes sense. And what what's it? It's the Jawbone Up Twenty Four. Yeah. So I have the small orange one, of course. So I'll send you. Oh, it's down to twenty three dollars. Where do you see twenty three dollars? Sent you a link. Oh, the the orange one is cheaper. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I, it again, it doesn't use it. For, I don't use it for any type of fitness tracking. Uh, it just sits uh, on my lamp to on my bedside table, um, and I use it. Yeah, just nightly, and it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I didn't uh, think I would find something that I was that satisfied with that quickly. It also bums me out that uh, fitness trackers are going to kind of die, and that this product like will cease to exist pretty soon just because jawbone always had such great software and this and using this reminded me of that so you find that feature where it's supposed to kind of wake you up at the right time you find that it works mm-hmm. do you ever think like in the morning where you're like kind of i kind of got to get up and then you just like you sh- you're start like you're shifting around a little bit and you're kind of awake but then you fall right back asleep yeah it kind of latches on to the you moved a little bit thing and you're slightly more awake and and chooses to go off at that point in time and does this plug into the health app? Sure, but why? Because again, you like I guess for for me, I'm not like I'm not going to wear two fitness trackers during the day. But I mean, like, so, so you're what, not using it to track your sleep. To be honest, I, ooh, I haven't even thought of that. Hmm. It probably does. I've never tried it. It it does. Well, I'm looking at a, a picture of their app here. I just wanted to know if you had to use their standalone app to set the alarms. You definitely have to use their app. Hmm. But like, how else would you? Yeah. Um, so yeah, pick of the week. Why? Why is this discontinued? Uh, because they have the up three now. Mm. Like there, there's just been many iterations of it, and the up twenty four was cheap enough. Oh well, I should say like well, no, specifically I chose it for one particular reason, which is that the up twenty four was the last one that they made, which like has no clasp, where it's just kind of a, a flexible material, and you just snap it on. Whereas the all the Fitbit models and the up three and everything else. They all have like a latch or a clasp or like that weird like party bracelet style thing where it's it's like requires effort and precision to put it on. Hmm. Yeah, twenty three dollars is hmm. It's it's it, it's worthwhile impulse buy territory. You you got the the small size. Small is uh, almost exactly the perfect size for me. It's potentially a tiny bit too small uh so i think you'd probably want a medium hmm. yeah hmm. yeah I, I don't i don't i don't love that color you're gonna wear it to bed 
Yeah. It's fair. <laughs> if, yeah, I mean, if you want to pay an extra $13 for black, go nuts. But Well, and if I go with the medium size, it actually goes up to like 52 for the black. Oh, yeah, but orange is still only $29. For the medium, yeah. Yeah. So, recommended. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, I guess I would be more interested in the sleep tracking stuff. Because yeah, th- there's you. You don't subscribe to the idea of wearing your Apple Watch to bed and then just charging it while you're taking a shower. Which apparently, like, if it's almost empty, will get it up to like seventy percent in like twenty minutes. Uh, but I just don't like that. Like, I would much prefer to um, to make sure I'm starting the day with a hundred percent charge on it, especially if I'm going to work out that day. Right. And also, the Apple Watch is kind of heavy. At least the steel one. Well, yeah. To the point where, like, I don't know if I'm flailing around, I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Well, you don't ever, like, repos... This is getting awkward. Yeah, but, like, you don't yeah. you ever move and, like, you just... You, you, ah, never mind. Walkward. Walk, walk Nobody's saying anything about sleepwalking. Well, I said that's what you just said, walkward. Walk I said awkward. Okay. We'll, we'll, let, we'll let, the, let, let the listeners be the judge. Sure. What's your pick of the week, sir? Um, I don't really have a very um, exciting one this week, um, but this is the this is not new, but it, it's it's new to me, which is the Google Hangouts. It's like standalone app. I don't really even know what the right phrase for this thing is. But previously, I had just been using the Google Chrome plugin because I used you know use GChat throughout the day. Um, but there's an actual like standalone app, which I think I at one point had previously used on Windows, but it was kind of crummy on Windows. But the, the OS 10 version looks really nice, and it's just it's so much better having that in a standalone app as opposed to a browser plugin. And you know, it's again something I use kind of constantly through the day. So um, nice to have it in a sharp looking standalone application. Interesting. I've only ever used it inside of the web browser on Gmail. So that's, hmm, that's cool. I would never uh, put it past them to, or put it, uh, give them credit to make a Mac app. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's very nice looking. All right. Good pick. Um, I'm trying to round this out with some, some Better Call Saul or some BCS as, as you've all of a sudden become known for calling it. I'm very tired today, and I'm and I'm behind on on my work, so I'm I'm just trying to save as many keystrokes for my sanity as I can. Mm-hmm. So BCS S two on AMC, uh, good episode. It was it was a lot of uh... also two two episodes since we've we've last spoken. Okay, go ahead and lay it out. When we when we last spoke, had um had Kim already been kind of put uh, in detention. Or is that right when it started? It's kind of right when it started. And then since then, we've had the continued tension between her and Jimmy. We had Mike and Tuco. And then this week, we've had kind of the, the continued tension with Jimmy. And then also now his brother really kind of laying it all out there for Kim as to the type of person he thinks Jimmy is. Do you think that story is entirely factual? Yes, I do. So here's here's the thing that I've struggled with, which is uh, we already know what happens, but I guess in my eyes, I keep trying to not want to think that Jimmy's a bad person 
where I still want him to succeed. And I, and I, and I just keep losing sight of the fact that we know where this ends. Do you watch the same way or? No, no. I mean, I, I think about that occasionally, but um, no, that, that doesn't really bother me much. Well, not that it bothers you, but does, do you, th- are you hoping for him to do well? Or is that not really, is that out of mind? It's just, it's kind of out of mind. Okay. Smarter viewer than I. Um, it was, so one of the criticisms that I've, I've been hearing more about the show, and I think these last couple of episodes have fed into that criticism, if, if you're a believer in it, which is the show's become more about Mike, or at least Mike is the more interesting character this season. Like, you know, people have kind of called it, you know, better call Mike. Um, okay. What, what do you think about that? I would slightly agree, but in a positive way. Like, I, I, I think Mike is in a tremendously uh, enthralling and interesting character. And, and, I, and I'm very, very interested and in, in emotionally invested in what happens to him. Because there's, like, even on Breaking Bad, he was, even though he was, he was like a second tier character for most of the show's run. He was, he was very memorable, but he wasn't like top build cast for until like the final season or like the last couple of seasons. Uh, but no, he's super interesting. He has one of the most uh, interesting and emotionally compelling stories. And I really want to know what happens to that. But also, no, I think Jimmy moves the story along and has most of the, the character development. And so, no, I, I think it Mike's storylines add a whole ton to the show, but I don't think Jimmy's story is inherently, like, uninteresting. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. The other thing that I guess that I've, I've been hearing more about, too, is it kind of seems like this season in some ways is, is a, kind of a repeat of what we saw last year, where the, kind of the beginning of the season largely reset Jimmy as a character. And... You know, we, we kind of thought that maybe he was like kind of turning turning a corner towards Saul Goodman. He was kind of bitter at the way things were, but like now he's kind of almost gone back to sort of where he was at the beginning of last season. Although the big difference is, is his new job. Um, what do you think about that? I think that's kind of the case, but again, I think that's I think that's where I fall into the trap that I kind of because he had kind of a clean slate and a fresh start and um an interesting jumping off point that i i'm kind of hoping that he did succeed or at least that he has some level of success with the um uh sandy crossing what what's the what's the retirement home community called sandpiper uh, crossing sandpiper yeah okay uh, that that he finds some success with that, and at least like I'm just hoping that there's um, an interesting or really rewarding pivot point for like when he turns his back on that career. But like in the moment, I kind of want him to succeed. So no, I think him having uh, kind of like a a job with a future and some level of uh, kind of conventional success makes it interesting to me and i don't think he's it's just it was just kind of um a reset point so no i th- i think it things continued pretty well from the end of season one to the to the beginning of season two yeah i i, I agree too um i loved the i love the tuco stuff with with mike 
Um, yeah, and I really like the story. Um, but yeah, the, the actual interaction. Ugh. It was rough. But I mean, Tuco's is a rough guy. I mean, remember that from Breaking Bad? I did. I, I his character was. I, I I assume it's probably sort of accurate of of that type of person. It, it's always kind of been grating, and I, I I really dislike him. But I assume you're supposed to. But his characters always seemed slightly um, comically exaggerated. Yeah, is I, that is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, I, I I do agree with that. Yeah, it's always kind of bugged me, but yeah. Like uh, what do you call it? Who um, Nacho? Yeah, like he yeah. he he seems like somebody who could plausibly exist in real life. Whereas I don't think I I don't know drug dealers, but Tuco does not seem that way. Right. And again, I know we haven't given a big plot summary for people, but and and again, spoiler alert! Uh, sound the spoiler horn. Um. Uh, at the end of this week's episode, that was uh, Tio Salamanca. Yes. Okay. So again, that that's another thing to look forward to, and another like plot point I'm I'm interested in of trying to figure out what kind of lands him in the wheelchair and where that stuff kind of goes, and I assume that becomes part of this. So yeah, I'm I'm super interested. I I don't think this season has declined in quality or is any less interesting. I I completely agree. It continues to be my favorite show on TV. And I, and I like that they they've been sparing with the uh, Breaking Bad references. They don't they don't they don't overuse it. I think somebody who had never seen that show before would be in, uh, entirely at home and and enthralled with the story as it stands. I completely agree. And I think that that's what makes this successful. Mm-hmm. And again, the visual style is not a comp- like the cinematography and just like the the visual identity of Breaking Bad was one of its most um well-known and in interesting features and this one has some similarities but it's also different in its own way which which i really appreciate well said yeah so yeah and and amc is committed to it's it's just like 10 or 12 episodes straight in a row no breaks no nonsense i believe so pretty great all right all right that was a long one it was a uh, <laughs> to anybody who made it to the end, I, I salute you. <laughs> because I, I, I totally understand if you turned it off after uh, hearing that somebody does not believe sesame seed bagels are the best. I, I, think, I think that's what people tune in for. Yes, sir. <laughs>